0: got a huge joy of speaking on the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. So basically we're going to talk about heaven today, which is cool. So a question for you, what is the future of the believer when life as we know it comes to an end? It is the case that uh, once we're born again, in one sense we've already begun to live eternal life. There's a part of us that's been awakened that will now be alive for all eternity. And as Christians, we now carry something of heaven's atmosphere because Jesus now lives in us. And the love, the joy, the peace that is in this room that we, that we experience, other people will become aware of. And that's exactly what Hazel's prophetic word was encouraging us earlier on so here we go there's teamwork going on here and we didn't even know (laughs) yeah but it's also true that we don't fully enter into all of the eternal life has for us until we've passed beyond death it's part of what we refer to in the vineyard as the the now and the not yet of the kingdom of god and um i don't know if you're a, a great novel reader but walter scott one of the great scottish novelists once said this, this is a great, I love this quote, death, the last sleep? No, it's the final awakening. That's great, isn't it? A 19th century American evangelist, Dwight L. Moody, once told his congregation, someday you will read in the papers that D. L. Moody of East Northfield is dead. Don't you believe a word of it? At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am now. That's a good one as well, isn't it? Do You know, there are some people who say things like, if heaven's all about floating around on clouds with a harp forever, then I don't want to go there, thank you very much. Uh, You know, Christians as well as unbelievers, even some who've been converted for quite a while, can be a little unsure about exactly what the Bible does teach about the life to come. Almost exactly a year ago, and uh, just a bit of personal story here, because I appreciate a lot of you don't really know us at all, But and this is quite, a, quite an emotive story, really. But about a year ago, our tenth grandchild died, and uh, he was just a few weeks old at that time, and uh, this last year has not been at all an easy year for us as a family, really, but... One of the things that has greatly encouraged us and helped us is the knowledge that our little Remy, our infant, is, is was the infant son or is the infant son of believing parents. And because of their faith, he is in heaven now we believe in the presence of King Jesus. And I know that one day we will meet him again. And um, I may not be able to hold him quite in the way that I did when he was first born. Because he will be in a fully grown form when I meet him again. And just after Raby went to live in heaven, we will enter a book by somebody in Central. And the book's called Heaven is for Real. And it's by an American pastor called Todd Burpo. Some of you might have read this book, and uh, I'd recommend it as a great book to, to read about heaven. It's full of hope, really. And in this book, he recounts what happened back in 2003 when his three-year-old son, Colton, became seriously ill with undiagnosed appendicitis, and he almost died during surgery. Colton recovered, but in the months that followed, he gradually came out with stuff about what had happened to him during that time that he was uh, undergoing surgery. And it became clear to his parents that their little boy had experienced pain. And uh, there, he, he, it, it came out that he had met an older sister that he didn't actually know anything about, who had died in her mother's womb. And uh, she introduced herself to him by name, and she hugged him. And uh, he also met a great-grandfather who had died 30 years before he was born and whose photograph he was later able to identify in a family album. And Colton also spent time with Jesus, who after a very short while uh, sent him back because his father was desperately praying for his recovery in the hospital. And from heaven's perspective, Colton was able to look down from where he sensed he was in heaven and see his father praying in the hospital below him. Now, reading that book, there's a whole load of other stuff in there as well. I haven't got time to go into it. Read, it. Read it for yourself if you can. But reading that book helped to take the sting out of death, the death of Ramey for me, and uh, at what was a very difficult time. And it raises the question so, what exactly does happen when a believer's life comes to an end? And the Apostles' Creed affirms that Scripture tells us to believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. But what exactly does that mean? Perhaps the best known verse in the New Testament is, well, you can probably quote it to me, can't you? What would the best known... Oh, it's up behind you. Oh, that's giving the game away, straight away, doesn't it? Yeah, I'll do this. Yeah, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life you see making everlasting life possible for us was why Jesus came and as an expression of the Father's love you see death is not the end for us and therefore it's not something we should fear and we were singing about fear in our first song and overcoming fear weren't we really and Jesus himself said in Matthew 28 20 look I'm with you always even to the very end of the age. That means he'll be with us right through the transition process that we will all go through someday that brings us into his very presence in heaven. And one of the best-known passages of the Old Testament, which you've probably come up as well with it, so, oh, there you go, so I can't <laughs> test you on this one either, <laughs> is from Psalm 23, where we read, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, rod and staff kind of have overtones of kind of, you know, discipline, don't they? But I don't think they're anything to do with that at all. And I think the rod and the staff speak of God's protection on the one hand and his support on the other as we journey through death towards heaven. Jesus reveals to us what the God of heaven is like on the other side of that passage as well. When he was on earth, he often spoke about heaven. He taught the disciples to pray to God as father in the meanwhile saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he promised to prepare a place where the faithful might ultimately be with him. John 14 too, it says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And he spoke of drinking the new wine of the kingdom in heaven in Mark 14, 25. And I wonder if that's a possible reference to the marriage feast of the Lamb, which we will all one day enjoy in heaven when we're with him. Even in the agony of the cross, Jesus spoke of heaven. When he said to the dying thief today, you'll be with me in paradise after that glorious first easter sunday jesus appeared to the disciples in a in a locked room as a resurrected man seemingly morphing through the walls as wendy Backlund puts it he had more substance than the wall itself the wall had less substance than he did and therefore he could pass through it he invited thomas uh, to place his hand in the wound in his side and his finger in the nail holes in his hands and feet. He shared a meal with the disciples. He's undoubtedly really real and yet completely transformed. You see, resurrection means more than simply being brought back to life. It's more than just getting your old body back. Thank goodness for that, don't you, okay? It's supernatural life. Abundant life, life to the max. In Philippians 3, 20 to 21, Paul says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body so that it may be conformed to his glorious body. Aren't you looking forward to having your lowly body transformed? so that it has that same quality of Jesus' glorious body that we saw, or that we read about in the Bible when he appeared to the disciples in that in that room. And uh, it's not clear exactly, of course, when Jesus will return, and we haven't got this, a huge amount in here that I'm skating over in a very, very superficial way, just to kind of give us an overall picture, but, You know, it's not absolutely clear when Jesus will return, except that it will be after the gospel has been preached to every people group on earth. And then he will return in power, and every eye will see him. And so Jesus in his resurrection body isn't yet the full story. There's more beyond that as well. And Revelation 21, 1 to 5, speaks of the renewing of heaven and earth and of the descent to the new earth, of the bride prepared for a marriage with the Lamb. Revelation 21, 1-5 says this, and I'll read this to you, so I think this probably will appear. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed, her husband. Did we not have a reference to that in the worship time as well or at the beginning? That's encouraging isn't it? And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying look God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away he who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. Wow, that was another thing that came through in the prayer time this morning, that uh, reference. And he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So what can we expect of life beyond death? You know, there are Things we can seriously look forward to in heaven. Things that we all long for in our lives right now. Revelation 21 says there will be no more sorrow or suffering or sickness in heaven. All sin will be banished forever. And shame will not have any place in heaven. For there will be no dark corners in which it can hide. There will be rest. None of the stress and pressure of life as we now know it. We will enjoy what it means to be made fully and completely righteous. And be able to enjoy to the full, not only relationship with God, but also with others. The level of rejoicing will be absolutely ridiculous. Yeah? I think heaven... I was just thinking about this earlier on, actually. You know, we have, we kind of tend to go into holy, holy, holy mode when we think about heaven, and get a little bit religious, and you know, take it all just a little bit seriously. Yeah, you know, um, there's a sort of a religious face that angels seem to have, and that paintings from the renaissance seem to depict and we kind of have that impression that that's what it's going to be like in heaven but I think actually yeah the joy that there is in heaven isn't that sort of deep down joy that you've heard speak about it's a joy that is full of laughter I think heaven's a place that's going to break down with laughter you'll hear it wherever you are when you're there now that's a little bit of an aside that's not even in my notes you can have that as a creepy <laughs> right so, the level of rejoicing will be ridiculous. And we will come fully into our promised reward, which I reckon is probably in some way associated with seeing how our lives have made a difference in establishing God's kingdom in the lives of others. That will be our reward. You will get to meet every single person who has, in some way, been affected by the way that you have lived your life in the Spirit here on earth. And you will be amazed at what God will have accomplished through you, yeah? So again, on the back of that other word that you had about beech trees, you have get yourselves on fire with the Spirit of God because the more that you are on fire with love and the more that you express that, the more will be, the greater will be your reward in heaven, and the more and more people there will be that you will rejoice in, yeah, in meeting, and it won't just be the ones that you've directly affected, it will be all the ones that have been affected through the people that you've affected as well, and so on, and through the generations in heaven well, that's my, that's a personal kind of perspective on it, that's why that's why it's going to be great you know, being in being in in heaven and in a a new heaven and a new earth for all eternity because you're never going to run out of seeing the amazing things that God has done and accomplished. And there will be endless fresh revelation to us of all the goodness, kindness and creativity of God himself in a renewed creation. Isn't that what we're all longing for? You know, as we kind of listen to the news these days and we see I mean, and people are becoming aware of it now and it's almost at the 11th hour that the way that we have handled the planet and the way that the planet is suffering as a result of the way that we've exploited it and so on aren't you looking forward to a renewing of creation complete restoration of all that we have messed up and isn't that what we're all longing for Wayne Gruden describes it like this when john speaks of the blessing of the heavenly city the culmination of those blessings comes in the short statement they shall see his face revelation 22:4). 4. when we look into the face of our lord and he looks back at us with infinite love we will see in him the fulfillment of everything that we know to be good and right and desirable in the universe in the face of god we will see the fulfillment of all the longing we have ever had to know perfect love, peace, and joy, and to know truth and justice, holiness and wisdom, goodness and power, and glory and beauty. And as we gaze into the face of our Lord, we will know more fully than ever before that in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's Psalm 16 verse 11. And the way for us to receive all of this is simply through putting our trust now completely and utterly in Jesus, who's done it all to make it possible for that to be our future. If there's anybody here and you've never actually taken that step of saying to Jesus... I know now that I need you in my life, then this could well be the day when that is a possibility for you. If you've never ever invited Jesus to come and live in you and bring to you amongst a whole host of other things the possibility of enjoying him forever in eternity in heaven, then today could be the time for you to do that. So what are the implications for us now? Because all this is ahead of us, we pray, as Jesus taught us to pray, and we've already quoted this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We live to the full with bringing heaven to earth as our God-given role. We fearlessly and clearly witness to others of the love of God in Christ, full of compassion, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we look forward to being with Jesus for all eternity. First of all in heaven, and then in a completely renewed heaven and earth. Two final quotes. Randy in his book, which is simply called Heaven, writes, for the Christian, death is not the end of adventure, but a doorway from a world where dreams and adventures shrink to a world where dreams and adventures forever expand. And in The Last Battle, the final book in his series of children's novels, C.S. Lewis writes of the victorious child characters after they have seen Aslan's victory. For them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. That's a great quote. Yeah. I'm going to finish there. We are we are slightly early. Now that is a miracle for <laughs> <You know> me. <laughs> I think that is can... probably. The first time ever that I have finished before time. You are immensely privileged. The blessing and favour of God is clearly upon you. Be encouraged. God is with you. Amen. Let's just stand. And I'm going to pray and then it would be great just to pray a little bit on the back of kind of what we've been looking at this morning.